0: Father, we are grateful, oh, so thankful for yet another opportunity to just be seated at your feet to hear your word and to be blessed by you. And so even now we ask for your word of life. You say we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. And so illuminate our hearts, our minds with your word, Lord God. Help us to not only be hearers, but be doers of your word. We thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to uh, the study of God's word. Uh, We've been looking at the book of James, and uh, this is the finale. I said two weeks ago that we were done, and then we came last week. We just wanted to hone in on some truths that I didn't want to delay, Uh, and so we're going to pick up from there. So today we continue uh, what we began last week on how to prepare for the second coming of Christ how to prepare for the second coming of Christ uh, and as believers we know what how the story ends right we know how the story ends it's going to be good for us great things will be uh, will come our way as believers and God has assured us that in the grand finale we will be marshaled into his presence at the shout of the archangel and the trumpet of God Jesus is coming back and uh, we who are alive and those who are dead will rise up and together will be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and he tells us all these great things that will happen now James reminds us that in the midst of persecution and hardships and brutality and and all kinds of troubles that God's people were, were going through James reminds them he says hey keep your eye on the price look at the big picture what you see what is going on, is temporary uh in in a short amount of time jesus is going to come and wrap it all up and so four times he uses the phrase uh that jesus is coming in in chapter five or seven he says be patient then my brothers until the lord's coming Uh, in other words he says uh, the lord is coming and that's a mention of the lord's coming Uh, he says in verse eight he says don't give up hope in other words be steadfast uh, be patient. Uh, hang in there. Don't don't throw in the towel. Be faithful to God. Uh, uh, Jesus is coming. The Lord's coming is near. Uh, in James two verse twelve, he says, "Speak and act as though those who are going to be judged." The first time jesus came he came as the savior of the world his arms was opened he uh uh, entreated and encouraged all to come to him for salvation when he comes back the second time unbelievers are going to be judged and we his children uh will have rewards given unto us and it ends in james 5 verse 9 saying the judge is near ready to appear it says it's close it's close in a short amount of time it all will be over and so be mindful of that Now, the good news is, as I said, as believers, we know how it's all going to end. In the end, we win. Amen. In the end, as believers, we will be home with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. And God wants us to look forward to that while there will be hardships and brutality and uh, persecution and discrimination and the hearts of people will be wicked you say pastor mac it's going on well it will continue and even intensify god is saying keep your eye on the price and know that there are better days ahead when you know the good times ahead of you it helps to minimize the effect of the trials that you go through right uh, who will mind the journey when you know that the end will be home a place where there is no sin, there is no shame. A place where there is no evil, no sorrow, no suffering, no sadness. Uh, and we will be with the Lord forever and enjoy his pleasures forevermore. Look at what St. Peter tells us. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3.13. He says, we are what? Looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth, Jesus has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness where there will be only goodness. And it says you know the end. The end is good. You're going to be in a place where there's only goodness. No evil. No harm. No sickness, no no, no, no bills. Uh, it's only goodness will be there in the presence of the Lord. He says that's how it's all going to wrap up. Uh, and uh, when God comes and replaces what we see now, what we know now, what's going on that has happened in the past and will happen, he says it's going to be good, but look at that from that perspective. Everything that you are experiencing now is not going to tarry for long. It will be over. So the end is good. Look at how uh, Paul uh, describes that in amazing terms. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, he says what? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. He says it's like nothing you've ever seen or heard or you can't even imagine, you can't even dream it you you haven't seen that before it's never been written about no one has been there whatever experience you are having that you say it's good today or you see others having a good time right now it says it's going to be better it's going to be great it's going to be awesome and so look forward to that look forward to that now last week we looked at one what the, the the day of the lord will look like some of the hardships and the challenges and the troubles will will happen as we crescendo as we get to the, the these 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 end days and we said these are not just the, the last days the the latter days and we also began looking at what should we be doing as believers in anticipation and preparation for those days now the messages on the church website at, at favorlife.org, I encourage you to go and, and view it and let it sink in your heart and your mind. Oh, it will bless you. So today what we will do is we'll continue the preparation steps for the second coming of Christ. Now, here's what Jesus tells us. He doesn't mince words. He tells us what the last days will look like. Right uh, in Matthew twenty four twenty one and all, the, the, this whole compilation, a composite, a great summary and overview of the last days, Jesus talks about that in Matthew chapter twenty four. I encourage you to go and look at that. Right, and this is sort of the summary of that. Jesus tells us in Matthew twenty four twenty one, he says there will be what great distress in the world unequalled from the beginning of the world what you see now will continue and will intensify as the day of the coming of the lord approaches but let not your heart be troubled because the end is what good when you say well look at past past look everything that's going on I mean, the discrimination, the racism, the brutality, the envy, the jealousy, the pride, the anger, the wickedness, all the evil that is going on has happened, will happen. It's like, brace up, brace up, hang in there, prepare for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how should we prepare for Christ's coming? We looked at this from last week. Let me give you a high-level overview. We should do this. One is we should what? Clean out the garbage in our life. God is saying, Jesus is coming. He's the perfect guest. And what happens when you have a guest come into your home? You clean things up. You tidy up, right? You straighten things out. And so the greatest, the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords will make a visitation on earth, right? And if we are, he God says, in preparation for that, it will all be over soon. And there will be no more time. Get ready for the coming of the Lord by what? Cleaning out The garbage in your life. In other words, have an attitude adjustment. Amen. Now, secondly, also, we look at that. It says, what? Stay completely connected with Christ because it is your relationship with god that's going to take you to this paradise this heavenly place this place where only goodness is there not your possessions you're going to leave them all behind it is your relationship with christ that will stay forever and so stay completely connected with christ we look at this uh, also what use the trouble that you are encountering in life to do what to make you spiritually strong Don't let it move you away from God, but let your difficulties run you into God because he's your savior. He's your deliverer. He's your provider. He's your protector. Only he can be able to see you through these times of distress and get you on the other side better, wiser, stronger. Amen. So this week, what should we do? The fourth thing that James tells us to do since we know the end of the story is going to be good. But the journey is going to be turbulent. What should we do? The Bible tells us in the book of James that we should what? practice loving one another. Say that with me practice loving one another. Now, James comes back to this amazing verse in uh, James chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, he calls this the royal law, the supreme law, and it says, This is what you've got to do. Do this now, always. Until you see Jesus face to face so let's read that together look at James 2 8 he says what you will always do the right thing if you obey the most important law in the scriptures it is the law that commands us to love everyone else as much as we love ourselves he says always do this do this now do this always until you see Jesus face to face. And what is it? He says it's the most important law, it's the royal law. It is the great commandment. And the great commandment is love God with all your heart, soul, spirit, and mind, and also love your neighbor as yourself. In the same way that you love God and you appreciate God and you honor God and you respect God and you hold him a high regard same way says love everyone else for this is the most important law in the scriptures now what James is doing is James is quoting Moses in the book of Leviticus as Moses shared this truth from God and so look at Leviticus 19 verse 18 Leviticus 19 18 Moses speaking man uh, on behalf of God he says here's what God wants me to share with you he says what well, don't be angry or try to take revenge God is speaking I am the Lord and I command you to love others as much as you love yourself it's not a suggestion it is a commandment It's not if you feel like that, if you like them, if you are comfortable with them, then do that. But if you're not comfortable, well, 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 then mind your own business. He says, no, you don't have any choice with that. Because you know Christ is coming, always love one another as much as I love you. Now, Jesus said this himself, so we see Moses speaking the word of God. We see James repeating what Jesus has said. Look at what Jesus said on this note also. Look at Mark 12, verse 30 to 31. Jesus is speaking. He says what? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. He said the second is equally important. He says, don't just love God and say, well, I I love God. I trust God. I obey God. I follow God. But as for you, I can just treat you any kind of way. If I feel like that, I'm going to do it. Jesus, it is equally important. Equally important, in as much as you love God and are faithful to God and try to be committed to God, so must you love others and be committed to them and be faithful to them. The second is equally important, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And hear this there is no other commandment that is greater than this. God wants us to pray, He says, Loving one another is as important as praying, it's as important as fasting, it's as important. As being obedient to God, there is no other that is more important than that. It says it really takes it up. If you are to stack up the commandments, the rules of God, loving your neighbor comes right there at the top, and there's none greater than that, as Jesus tells us. And so Jesus is saying that this is that this is necessary. And I'm sure you agree that that practicing loving everyone is especially important in our world today because our world is becoming more and more hateful isn't that our world is, is becoming less loving it's becoming less patient it's becoming more biased more bitter more tribal it's becoming more partisan it's becoming more polemical we get so stuck in our ways we get so connected to what we think it's right and there is no moving. We just stay in our corners. We wear our jersey. This is my life. This is my family. This is my thing and I'm going to do it my way and got is say no and God is saying that if Jesus Jesus is coming back. So what we ought to do is we ought to learn to love everybody. It means we cannot demonize people. We cannot stigmatize people cannot discriminate and stereotype people oh these people are like this these people are like that these people are like that if these people were this this is what I'll do God says it's not about them it's about you and God it's about your obedience to God it's about your faithfulness to God to what God calls the greatest commandment because Jesus is coming again what should we how should we prepare practice loving one another and he teaches he says all these people that you disagree with god says you've got to love them you disagree with them but you've got to love them how should you love them you should love them just the way god loves you look at how paul puts this in emphatic terms i love this portion of scripture in first thessalonians 3 verse 12-13 to look at this May the Lord make your love Grow more And multiply for each other And for all people So that you will love others As much as we love you May your hearts be made strong So that you will be holy and without fault Before our God and Father Watch this When our Lord Jesus comes back We're all his holy ones So you see that phrase Jesus is coming back So what should we do Jesus is coming back So love people he says, let your love grow and multiply for each other and for all people. For all people. Now, who is not included in all people? Nobody. You say, well, I don't like these people. People, they, they don't like me. They don't come from the town that they come from. They don't dress the way I do. They don't talk the way I do. He says, God is saying, let your love grow and multiply. The Spirit of God is working in you. It's taking away your prejudice, taking away your discrimination, taking away... Your, your background everything that you look at he says I can't do this the tribalism the partisanship all that the bitterness the bias that you have towards people the Holy Spirit is trying to knock down those walls quit making it hard for the Holy Spirit because his goal is to cause your love to grow more and multiply you love people more as, as you ask you stay more in the Lord your love for people ought to be more and more you you ought to look at your life and say since I came to God I love people more than I did I I love people I'm ready to share to give to encourage to bless to extend grace to people more than I did because God said that's what we've got to do because Jesus is coming he says practice loving everyone the more what is he saying he says this he says that God says I will love on you and i'll do that generously i will do that on conditionally And I expect you to be a carrier of my love. I expect you to be a dispenser of my love. I I don't expect you to hoard, but oh, God loves me, oh, and so it feels good. He says, God's love is, is intended for you to share, for you to dispense, for you to share, bro. He says, may God's love grow more and more and multiply in you so that you will share this overflowing love of God to others. And what happens is this, that your heart will be strong. You will be patient, you will be resilient, you will be loving, you will be merciful, you will be encouraging, you will be uplifting. You will be in a space where you are invested in the lives of people. You are looking for ways to outdo what others have done to you. They did you a little good, you want to do them more good. They hated you, you want to be kind and loving to them. You always want to take it up and up and up and up and up. Amen. Why? Because you know that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he comes back, he has rewards. When he comes back, he has crowns for those who are faithfully committed to his word. Now, everything that God asks you to do, he incentivizes you, he motivates you with a reward, with a blessing. The greatest blessing is we will see Jesus face to face. We will live with Him forever and ever and ever in heaven, a place where there are what there is what there are pleasures forevermore. In paradise, this is the great privilege. How many of you know that privileges comes with responsibilities? Privileges come with responsibilities. Say, I, I want to have the privilege of being a mom or a dad. Well, get ready because there are responsibilities with that. I want to be the, I want to have the privilege of being a manager, of being a leader, of being the head, of being the boss, or to be blessed by God. Privileges come to what? Responsibilities. And what are the responsibilities? The responsibility is, is to love other people. God has given you the privilege of His love. He's chosen you, He's called you, His birth is spirit in your heart. He has a reward and a blessing in heaven waiting for you. He says, Oh God, for those who have been faithful, there's a crown of life that I will give you. But particularly so. Look at this. Luke six thirty five. Jesus is speaking. I love this portion of scripture. He says, "What love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked." He says, "You are missing out." It's not about them. You say, I will show them something. I'm not comfortable with them. I don't want to be with them because I don't feel like. Well, guess what you're missing? You are missing a very great reward. God didn't send you here to mind your own business, to live your own way, to be able to to live according to your own feelings. God sent us here and has put a spirit in our heart who is the spirit of love that encourages us to be carriers, dispensers of the love of God. He says, I'm going to love you with overflowing, unconditional love. And going to hold that love, extend that love. And when you do that, your reward in heaven will not just be great. It will be what? Very great. One more time. It will be what? Very great. So what should we do knowing that Christ is coming soon? Number one, clean out the garbage in your life. Have an attitude adjustment. Number two, stay completely connected with Christ. You're going to have trouble all of us will do and it's going to it's going to intensify until Jesus comes so what should we do with the trouble the the discrimination and the persecution and the brutality that we will encounter in life use your troubles as a catalyst to draw closer to God as we've talked about next is what practice loving one another there's a fifth thing that 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 James teaches us which is a big one he says because we know that the end is good and it, it will all end Sooner than we think, it says the coming of the Lord will be like a thief in the night. You don't know when, but it's going to come. While you don't expect it, what should we do? Next is this. what We've got what? Invest in the bank of heaven. Say that with me. We should what? Invest in the bank of heaven. You say there's a bank in heaven? Oh, yeah. There's a bank in heaven. Glory to God four times in this short five chapter book in james james emphasizes the generosity of god for us how many of you know that god is a good god we say that as christians like a cliche but it is the truth. god is good all the time how many of you know that this is not just mere words just fancy words that has no meaning to it or oh, if you've lived with god you realize that god is good that even before you knew him god loved you even before You chose to love him and to follow him and to commit your life to him. God loves you. It's the goodness of God that draws people onto him. And so God is good. And James emphasizes that, hey, that God has been generous, overly generous to us he says everything you have is because of god's generosity you wouldn't have nothing were it not be for god so he starts this argument he makes this case that hey understand is that god has been good to you look at look at how james put the four times in this small book he, he stresses that look at look at james 1 5 he says god gives generously to all without finding fault oh look at james oh 117 he says whatever is good and perfect, it's a gift coming down to us from God, our Father. Speaking about the generosity of God, look at James 1:18. I love this portion of scripture. He says this, he says, God chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we out of all creation have become God's prized possession. We are the apple of God's eye. When God looks at us, he says, look at my girl, look at my boy, look, 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 look at them. Look at how they look at, look at how, how I, you, you don't know what's coming next to them. I've been good to them and I will continue to be good to them. What do you do to people who are your prized possession? What do you do to things that are important to you? You take good care of it. God says we are his prized possession, so he's committed and faithful to take care of you. Has God been good to you? Look at the fourth way that James stresses God's generosity upon us. James 4, 6, it says, God gives us even more grace. So he's laying the foundation, making the case, making the argument that God is generous to you. And it says, because of God's good, just continuous faithful generosity to us. Here's what we've got to do you also have to be generous to others amen that god has given to you he's not held back from you and he doesn't want you to be a hoarder he wants you to be a dispenser of his generosity dispenser of his blessings god has given you more than you need you say there are some things that you still need but there are areas of your life that you have more than you need why did god do that so that he will use you as a carrier use you as his agent a distributor His agent to be able to pass on his grace his compassion his mercy unto others and James makes this case a couple of times in the book of James and it says God's generosity must make us to be generous to other people repeat that with me God's generosity must make us to be generous to other people because God has been good to me he wants me to be good to others because God has given me more than I need more than i need yes there are still more than i need I mean, many times i need more because of my greed because of my greed. not that i really need that there are some stuff that you think i really need this you don't need that you can do without it but god has given you what you need and much more and He says i don't want you to be a hoarder i want you to be generous to others and when you do that you are investing you are investing in heaven look at what he tells us james 1 27. look at this he says i mean you're not even being religious. You're not even being, being a, a, a manifesting and displaying that you are a child of God if you're not a generous person, if you're not a kind person, if you're not a loving person, if you're not a giving person, if you're not open to share with others. James one twenty-seven. James is speaking this word religion that God accepts as pure and without fault is this caring for orphans or widows who need help and keeping yourself free from the world's evil influence. He says, all around you, there are the needy, people who are needy. And you know them. You know them, people who need help. People, kids who don't have a father in their life, don't have a mother. He says, where's your mom? Where's your dad? I don't know where they are. And they're literally struggling. No clothes to wear, no food to eat, languishing. He says, God has given you something. And when God moves on your heart, don't say, no, this is not my child do what you can for them and he says this is pure religion that god accepts god wants you to do god wants you to do that james tells us again look at james two sixteen. james two sixteen. he says yes you're going through a hard time you're going through persecution james wrote this portion of scripture to people were going through a hard time he says don't don't base your attitude on your current situation god has been good to you God has been really good to you yes you are sick yes you are broke yes you can pay this bill yes the other things that you want to do that you can but hasn't god been good to you say look on the brighter side the glass is not half empty it's half full but the others who have nothing in their cup right and you put something in there look at what god says he says if you say to someone god be with you i hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat but you don't give what that person needs he says your words are what worth nothing we say all the nice christian words god bless you i feel for you Uh, grace and peace be unto you and there's something you can do to help them you can help them get a job you can you can help support them you've got shoes that you don't wear anymore because it's out of fashion for you he says give it out to others give it out to others say oh they may not like it really you may not like it but they will need it because they can't afford it and the reason God gave you and gave you more and they are not holes in your shoes they are not holes in your shoes so that you be able to what give it to others one day a very wealthy man came to jesus and asked jesus he says what the best advice i keep hearing that you're going to come back you're going to come back and heaven and earth shall pass away so how how should i prepare for eternity how can i have eternal life and jesus gave, gave this young ruler profound profound investment advice he told this young rich ruler he says why don't you go and liquidate some of your assets here on earth and give it to the needy give some of your wealth give some of what you have stored away don't wait till you die and you say they're gonna read my will and oh these people will be so happy while they are struggling right now <laughs> I have them in my willow <laughs> right now they are struggling give them a little something and if there's nothing left in the will, so be it <laughs> So Jesus says this in Luke 12 3. Look at this, look at this. Invest in a bank in heaven. What should I do? Well, I wait for the second coming of Christ. Invest in a bank in heaven. Jesus says this Luke 12 Read it with me. He says what he told the young ruler, sell what you have and give it to those indeed. Then you will store up treasures for you in heaven. Your treasure in heaven will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. And Jesus said, here's what you got to do. Invest in heaven. What you are giving to somebody, you're not throwing away. When you are giving to somebody, amen. it's not a deficit. It's not, well, if I give them, then I'll have less. No, 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 no. If you give them, what will happen is that it will be deposited. It will be credited in heaven. You're going to have a lot of rewards in heaven. God's going to say, yes, that's my boy. That's my girl. They are faithful. They are loving. They are generous. Yes, I've been generous to them. They've opened me uh, themselves to the generosity of the Holy Spirit. And now, glory to God. Yes, I'll take care of them. Because the same God who gave to you is not about to stop in your life. Right? But it says, when you go to heaven, Wow. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be surprised. Your treasure in heaven will be safe. You have a store of treasure in heaven for you. No one can steal it. No one can destroy it. It is yours with your name on it. Glory to God. And the reason he says this, he says you're not going to take it with you. (laughs) You are not going to take it with you. I've done a lot of funerals. I've never seen a U-Haul truck following a copse never seen that never ever seen that you see when I die they'll put all this nice watch on me and so forth well don't, don't don't count on it you're not gonna take it with you but Jesus says here's what you will do but if you invest that in the lives of others if you give it to others guess what you are storing up treasures heaven. and Jesus is saying give some of what I have given you generously I have blessed you generously unconditionally give those to help people who have a whole lot less and every time you do that you are storing up treasures in heaven now th- this phrase store up treasures in heaven is so important that in the gospel jesus uses that five times that you can store up treasure in heaven you can store up he says i am holding it in my bank account well guess what with inflation and with challenges and it will be here today gone tomorrow god is not saying empty out your bank account and give it all to somebody he's never said that in his Word. he says i want to bless you with more than you need more food than you can eat more clothes than you can wear more shoes than you can wear he says more than you have and you'll find people who are who are struggling in life and when i move on your heart move on your heart to be generous to them you do that because you are storing up treasure in heaven so James talks about that. Jesus talks about that. Paul says that also. I look at what wise King Solomon also tells us. This you're going to love this portion of Scripture, and you're going to be motivated. You're going to give with joy, and sleep well at night when you do that. Look at Proverbs 19:17. He says, "What when you help the poor? What are you doing? You are what lending to the Lord, and He." Pays wonderful interest on your loan. How about that? How many of you want to lend to God? How many of you want to give a loan to God? Glory to God. He'll take whatever you give you and blow it over the top. He's gonna wow you. He says uh, because of what you've done, because of your generosity, because glory to God of oh, of your of your unconditional love. Uh, he says, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna shower you with more grace, more than what you gave or even expected. Now James really goes out of town and very deliberately takes his time and does a walkthrough of this teaching: how we invest in heaven, how we sow into the life of people, even in our struggles. As the latter days that we are in is full of hardships and challenges, and God is still in the blessing business. He's still blessing us as His remnant, and He says, "Yes, everything is not going to be perfect in your life, but I'll give you something, not just for your own use, but also to bless people." And when you do that, bless you in in chapter one james says he talks about taking care of widows and then he talks about taking care of orphans he says the the two most vulnerable people in 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 groups in society he says help the needy people who don't have anybody to be able to, to 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 go to for help in james chapter two he talks about giving food and clothing to the poor and that's what we do here at Favor Life Church. And I want to encourage you to come help us. The, you know, the second Saturday of the month, what we do, we distribute food to people. And and God has blessed blessed, uh, using this as an avenue. We've got boxes of food uh, uh, in the next two weeks. Uh, If you see the announcement come out, try to come out and help us with joy in your heart. Give these boxes to people. We want to continue to do that more and more and more. And I'm excited to go pick up these things, load up my car with excitement and pray that God will bring people to come and take it away and be blessed. And James talks about that. He says, give food and clothing to the poor. In James chapter 5, he says, if you're a business owner, make sure that you pay your employees a living wage. He says, when people do something for you, he says, pay them, tip them, give them more than what they ask for. Do you know this? Do you know this? That the hospitality industry, which is the restaurants and hotels, they know that Christians are the worst tippers. What a shame. We have a reputation of being notoriously bad tippers google that when you go home, google that google that christians are the worst tippers and you find story after story after story as a matter of fact in the restaurant business when 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 (laughs) when they see people gather and they serve them and they bow their head and pray you know oh it's gonna be bad (laughs) they are praying oh these are christians these people never tip they even ask for change back and they count the change after after you give it to them. They are the worst tippers. Do you know do you know that in, in western countries, in western and pastors I as mean, in western countries, I mean, we you, know, you have pastors who pastor churches in terrible countries and they move over here in the rest. Oh my goodness, people are the most Christians are the most stingy, stingy. I say, Why is that? And God is saying, Hey, in James chapter five, he says, if God has been generous to you. The next time you go to a restaurant, tip them. They make about $3.50 an hour. Why did they make that law? Because they are counting on patrons to be able to tip them after they've done a good job they clean the table they bring you water they ask you do you need more more stuff do you need more stuff and, and they come And if your food isn't down right they take it back and say I'm sorry we're gonna do it again don't worry about it don't worry about it you don't have to pay for it I took it off the check they're so nice they train them to be extra nice and cautious to you and they are paid three dollars and fifty cents and so can you throw in a few more dollars rather than ask them for your change back and James talks about this he says look you, you, we've gotta be generous he says, take care of people who are having a tough time out there, making a living. And when you do that, you are storing up treasure in heaven. Look at how Paul puts this. I love this portion of scripture. Oh, I hope after this message, you'll be incentivized right, to invest in heaven. What you're doing, you're not giving it away, but you are opening the door for more blessing to come onto you. Look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy six eighteen to 19. He says what? Tell People to use their money to do good. One more. Tell people to use their money to do. Not use their money to buy nice things and dress nicely. Do some of that oh, but also be focused on how much can I give? How much can I sow? How much can I bless people with? Tell people to use their money to do good. Read that with me. They should be what? Rich in good works and should give happily to those indeed. Always Ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they are storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment. you see that word investment? It is the only safe investment for eternity. And listen, they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. This is two for one. Two for one sale. He says, you are going to be living a fruitful Christian life right down here. Well, what storing up treasures in heaven that when you go home to paradise where you're going to live trillions and zillions and billions and eternity forever and ever and ever and ever your treasure will be there and will last forever and ever and ever he says use your money to do good be rich in good works give happily always be ready to share with others he says when you do that you are storing up real treasure in heaven Not only in heaven, also you're doing what he says. What you're doing is that you are uh, also storing up a a fruitful Christian life down here. And and who doesn't want that? There is more blessing and more happiness in giving than receiving. Do you believe that? And he says, while we wait for Christ coming. We don't know when, but we know it's going to be any day. It will come like the thief on the night unannounced. He says, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Clean out the garbage in your life. Stay completely connected to Christ. Use the trouble that you go through in your life to become strong, spiritually strong. Practice loving one another and do what it says. Invest, invest the blessing of God, the generosity of God. to others, give what God has given you to others and God will bless you the more. Don't be a hoarder amen glory to god now let me let me wrap it up we don't know when jesus is coming back but there are a bunch of signs that he's told us he gave to peter he gave to john he gave to paul he gave to jesus we can clearly see in our time that these are the last days even more these are what the latter days say the latter days the latter days We know that the Bible says that Jesus is definitely going to come. We know His coming will be suddenly, will be unexpectedly. He says He'll be like the thief in the night. When you think Jesus is not going to come, this is when He's going to come. You say, Oh, I'm getting ready to travel. I'm getting ready to do this. I'm planning this. I'm doing this. In the midst of planning, the Bible says two will be eaten and one will be taken away from them. They'll be in the car, it will be gone. They'll be having a conversation on their cell phone, boom, it's going to be gone. I mean it will be so so unexpectedly knowing that it's going to be unexpected and all the signs are pointing to any day now he could come what does Jesus tells us to do? he says get ready get ready get ready get ready are you ready Are you ready? How do you get ready? first and foremost is open your heart to Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Let him save you. That is the first important readiness, preparation step that you can take. Know that you are elected. You are called by God. You are a child of God. Why? Because you have received his precious blood as the payment of your sin. That is your ticket to get to heaven forever. Know that you are a child of God and you receive his redemption and his forgiveness and his grace. Wherever you you are, will you bow your head? And then thank God for the gift of his word, for his, his precious blood that he has given to us so that we know that we are children of God and one day we will be with him forever. And then ask him to burn these truths in your heart. Oh, tell him to give you a heart. Of obedience of faithfulness to do away with anything that he calls a filthy conduct and that you do your best to live your life honorable to God ask God amen to give you a heart to stay completely connected to him ask God oh to give you a a desire that no matter what goes comes your way use your trouble to draw closer to God ask him to give you a heart of love for everybody use you as an extension of his generosity his grace his mercy his compassion to a, a needy world and ask God to make you generous to invest in the bank of heaven oh pray with me Jesus thank you now you're coming back to end it all and to take us with you forever forever I want to be with you in heaven thank you for your saving grace that makes me whole today I receive you as my Lord and Savior take my life live in and through me and do as you please for my good and for your glory oh God help me to live a life that is honorable to you. Help me to put into practice these preparation steps. To stay completely connected with you. That no matter what trouble comes my way. Don't, don't let me give up. Don't let me run from you. But instead, use that to cause me to run into your loving arms. You say we should, I should love one another as you've loved me so give me the heart to practice loving one another and help me Lord to invest in the bank of heaven so that as you have promised that I will live a fruitful life down here and store up treasures in heaven come Lord Jesus looking forward to be with you forever I love you Lord for your grace and mercy in Jesus name Amen!